0: Welcome to The Owl Hoot, a podcast for the environmentally curious, with me, Caroline Norbury. On each episode, I chat with a guest who contributes in some way to protecting the planet on matters of climate change, sustainability, biodiversity and pollution. Here is a place where you can gain new knowledge and be inspired. Enjoy listening. Today's episode is all about electric cars, and with me to share his expertise is Nicholas Ramo. His day job entails working for the family business Luigi Motor Services, where they sell used prestigious cars. They are now strong advocates of electric cars too, since Nick became interested in the environment in 2016. Outside of his day job, Nick shares his extensive knowledge of EVs through his fabulous YouTube channel you can check out and subscribe to the channel by searching for Ev Nick. Electric vehicles are the future. And for those thinking about what their next car might be, this conversation will, I am sure of it, going to give you something to think about. Welcome, Nick, to the podcast.
1: Yeah, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that intro. I, I have been in, interested in the environment slightly longer than that, but that's when I started to realize when I could uh, expand on being better for the environment um, and and EVs seem the next thing that i could logically do
0: oh cool well tell me a bit about that then where did you start in your sort of environment journey
1: weirdly uh, well with an environment journey kind of it's always been been there i mean i'm not i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not the world's best recycler but i try and recycle as much as i can and reuse and use as little plastic as i can i've actually become more environmentally friendly since having an ev because I, Pay a lot more attention to what I do, but it's always been there in the back of my mind. And, you know, I always thought, oh, what can I do to improve? And like most people, I think I'm willing to make improvements as long as they don't make too many sacrifices on my day to day life. And I think the majority of people will admit that we're not all, you know, environmentally friendly as we should be. But if, we're, if we can do it without making too many changes to our daily life, we should all do that as much as we can.
0: Absolutely. No no one is perfect. A lot of people are on a trajectory and it's about starting where you're at. So how did it start with the electric vehicles then? What sort of sparked your interest there?
1: Funny enough, it was YouTube. Um, so uh, YouTube just randomly started throwing some videos at me to do with electric cars. Now, I've, ever since Tesla got announced, you know, first Roadster got announced as a kid, I remember watching it on Top Gear and top gear making fun of it and pretending it ran out of you know out of out of electric and i I don't know if anyone ever knows that backstory but top gear deliberately scripted the car to run out of charge it didn't run out of charge they scripted it because it was more of an interesting entertainment program but but that aside i thought what a wonderful car we're all going to be driving electrics and and you know sort of a little bit in high, you know i thought hydrogen maybe may be happening and then started watching youtube as I was, you know, just basically watching a lot of YouTube videos about electric cars. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll probably do that. But I lived in a terraced house with no off-street parking. You know, this was the very early days of electric cars. There wasn't a lot of public charge points. There wasn't enough to, you know, commute to work and charge every day on them. Because this was the point where EVs were, you know, 50 to 100 mile max range. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'll sell sell the house, we want to move, we want a bigger house, Let's, let's sell the house and buy a house where we could have a driveway and possibly have an EV. So we did that in the hopes that we'll buy an EV in maybe two to three years. And then I thought, found out about a little Renault, a car called a Renault Zoe. Now I work in the car trade and I saw these cars going through auction and I thought, God, these are cheap, nobody wants them. So I did more research and watched some more videos on YouTube and there wasn't really enough information out there for me to learn it. Um, or, or get too much you know the early days of information there was enough lows on people driving Teslas and telling you how to get a tester but you know i don't have 50 60 grand lying around in my back pocket but the Renault zoe's at the time were selling for five six grand so i just thought do you know what i'm just gonna buy it and if i've made a terrible mistake and work in the car trade i'll just sell it and uh yeah that's pretty much the history um of where i started and that that made me jump into starting a youtube channel trying to help the more sort of affordable range of electric car enthusiasm, you know, get people to sort of learn about the cheaper cars because there is other cars out there that everyone's, even now everyone just assumes, oh, I can't afford an electric car, the 50, 60 grand.
0: Okay. I mean, that's so so interesting that not only have you discovered, you know, finding the electric vehicles on YouTube and then finding a gap on YouTube that you could fill, as well as, I love the fact that you sold your house to, to get a car.
1: <laughs> yeah, the estate agent thought I was a bit mental, I think, when, <laughs> when I told him. And, and then we bought on a new estate, and they were like, he was like, you know, started saying how I wanted electric to the garage. He's like, why is that? I was, well, I was like, the only reason I sold my old house to buy this one is because um, I want an electric car in the future. And he, even he, he's like looking at me going, what a weirdo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you get this car. You didn't sell it. Did it live up to what, 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 it, what you hoped it would be like?
1: So we only just sold it um, six months ago. So right. my wife had it for four years. And she, well, we've obviously replaced it with another electric car. Um, but yeah, we had it four years. And she really did not want to sell it. Uh, I had to prize it off her hand. Um, she, you know, she was also, when I first, I, gave her, I bought the car and I said, this is your new car. She goes, I don't want an electric car. What if I run out of charge? All, all you know, all the questions that you hear of everyone. And I said, well, you only drive to work and back. You won't. Dr- she won't drive out of a 30-mile a radius of where we live. My wife doesn't like driving at all long distances or, or doing motorway. She likes to drive locally. So I said, you only do 50 miles to work at max and back. The car does minimum in the winter 50-mile range. I said, so it's a week's driving for you. And she, once she got it and she started driving, it, she was like, do you know what? This is the best car I've ever had. I don't have to go to the petrol station. I don't have to go and pay for fuel. I don't have to go and fill up at night, you know, at a forecourt or anything like that or going to shop. It defrosts itself in the morning, you know, on a cold day. She goes, I don't have to sit there in a car scraping the window. And it completely changed the way she she thought about driving. She you know, it she she saw it as an EV as a, a way of having more time together as a couple because she wasn't going to petrol stations filling up or drive because we live rurally, so that our nearest petrol station is not in the direction that you want to drive in.
0: Okay, that, that, that makes sense. So it sounds like a very positive experience. In terms of the actual driving experience, is, th- is that different from driving a fossil fuel car?
1: If you drive an automatic, it's very, very similar. It's, you know If you've never had an automatic car before, if, if you go to most people, the saying is once you have an automatic car, you never go back. And with an EV, once you've had an EV, you never go back to driving a petrol car. Most, you know, I think when they surveyed, I think 99% of something, drivers, i will have to get the exact survey, but it was in the high 90s. Said so they'd never go back to a petrol car ever again.
0: Wow, and that's
1: impressive. The, the main difference you notice is it, it's smoother. So there's no gears in an electric car. So it's it's one continuous gear. So it's a lot smoother. They're a lot more powerful. And the reason they're more powerful is, A 90 brake horsepower petrol car, you know, your standard 1.2, 1.4 car, and a 1. You know, a standard EV of 90 brake or 110 brake horsepower is a lot faster off the line because you've got all that torque, all that power because there's no gear. So they're very quick off the line. The top speeds of the both cars are about the same, but it's your the instant power off the line. So every time you ever, you know, I ever take someone out an electric car, I always deliberately put my foot down because it gets rid of that myth that they're a milk float straight away.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's a, as you say, a common misconception. So it sounds like it, it, it drives really nicely, and, and you have a lot of plus points in terms of time saving and the inconvenience of petrol stations and what have you. Were there any downsides of having this car that you hadn't expected?
1: Uh downsides
0: uh, oh rack your brains uh, clearly not. Oh, that, <laughs>
1: not not non-jump out of me to be honest i mean the, the obviously my electricity bill went up but then at the same time i had no fuel to pay for you know there was no petrol or diesel to pay for so i saved what i saved in fuel was you know more than enough to cover the electricity cost the electric cars were extremely cheap to run even with the new electricity prices that are, you know, obviously we've had a massive price increase at the moment here in the UK, even with these price increases, they are still cheaper to drive, you know, every day. And there is electricity tariffs designed for electric car drivers at even lower, you know, rates that you can pay to charge your car. I mean, if you really, really want the biggest barrier I've ever had was public charging in the UK. If you have not got a home charger and you are going to public charge is a bit well i almost swore then it's a bit rubbish it's a bit poo that, that, okay. that that's, that's probably the, the the best way of putting it because there's there's loads of networks they've all got different apps now it's a lot better than it used to be now you can just tap a card to so most most mo- most service stations mo- you know most charging stations you just tap your credit card or debit card or your phone and it'll start the charge Um, Some still use an app, but the majority are going to tap payment, which which frees up a lot of the inconvenience. And the other inconvenience used to have is if you got to, they used to, you know, most charging stations only have one charger. So if you got there and it was broken, you haven't got a second option. And a lot of these sites now are doubling up. They've got two, three, or four, so you've always got a redundancy. And that's that's the only barrier. But like. You watch all these TV programs, I was talking about Top Gear before, they, they scripted deliberately for the car to run out. All these programs like dispatches and everything at the moment that's talking about electric cars, they script the program deliberately to stop at all the broken charges. So I can go on a map and I can tell you all the broken and working charges in the UK. And if I was writing a TV program to be negative about electric cars, I would drive to all the broken chargers and say how terrible it is, they're all broken. Most people who are driving somewhere, they plan the journey if they're going to stop somewhere and they go, well, that's a working charge and that's a working charge. So I'll I'll stop there. But that one's broke. So I won't go there. And that's there's a little bit of a different way of thinking to driving that car. There is a little bit of planning if you are going to stop. But the majority of EVs now sold do at least 200, 250. Some of them do 350 on one charge. So if you can charge at home, there's no barrier. And if you have a reliable charger near your house, again, there's there's no barrier. I mean, most people don't do free 300 miles, 200 miles in a day.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point. It, it's it's great having that range, but I guess it depends on your usage to start with. As you just sort of described your wife, it doesn't sound like she was going to go any particular distance in it. So you're always going to charge at home, presumably.
1: Yeah, so we, we always charge at home. I mean, the only time I've charged on public network, uh, I, don't, I think we had the car for about a year and we never charged on a public network. The only time we ever used to charge publicly is if we went to the Trafford Centre, which is you a know, local shopping centre not far from us. Had free charging, so I know, I'm tight, so I deliberately <laughs> used to run the car down to as little charge as I could if I knew I was going there so I could charge up for free. Um, and that, that's the only time I really did public charging or when I was doing stuff filming for YouTube. So I you mean, know, I've driven to Belgium, I've driven to Frankfurt, I've driven to uh, Glasgow, Um, I've driven right down to the bottom of London, Bournemouth. I've I've driven all over the UK in an EV. And I've personally, touched wood, I have never found a broken or stopped at a broken charger. But that's because I check where I'm stopping before I drive there.
0: Yeah, so as you say, it just requires a bit of planning to your journey. Into, just going back to the home charging then what does that look like are you plugging in to to a normal socket or have you got a, a particular bit of kit that you need
1: do you know joking apart I, i'm so I'm, you, can't, you can't obviously this is obviously a podcast and not visually but i am surrounded by about 25 boxes of ev chargers so if i could show you it'd be great but the, um you can plug in to a normal 13 amp domestic plug at home i personally don't advise that you do because there is certain things that a 13-amp plug are not designed to do, and one of them is continually charging an electric car for 10, 12 hours, it, you know, and a lot of people in the UK have old wiring. You know, you don't, when, if you don't know when your house was last rewired, what, you know, what circuit protection you've got on that thing, it's not really what you should be doing. Really, you should be getting a dedicated EV charge point fitted. By the time this podcast probably goes out, the grant's probably finished, it literally is the last install date is the 31st of march and pretty much all the engineers are booked up but currently you get you got a 350 pound grant off a charger that that grant will be going and the prices of ev charger will probably go up by about 300 pound and they are directly wired into your consumer unit and they have a the plug for the car on the other end and the plug for the other on the other end is what we call a type 2 socket so it's um so it all cars sold in europe now have the same socket in so they're all going to be type 2 for at least the foreseeable future 10 15 20 years they're all going to be this type 2 plug if you buy a really 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 old electric car that's made by nissan or mitsubishi or kia it will have an older type socket type one but if you're going to buy any modern electric car or any car made in the last two years they've all got this new type 2 socket in and they're all going to have that trying to keep it simple and not kind of confuse it but you can you can get what you call an untethered charge so an untethered charger is just a plug on the wall and you use the plug from your car and that will work with any car um, a type one or a type two because you're using your cable from your car and you plug it into the charger but you know if you're going to have a charger fit to your house with a cable in and you're buying a modern electric car a brand new electric car whichever one you buy if it's tethered it will always be that socket for the future there's just some very 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 small use cases but the majority of people you know buying a car today will have that new socket in
0: so that sounds like it's going in the right direction where the tech is coming together and being more universal rather than having lots of different unique types of charging going on
1: yeah but i mean you got to you got to remember we we we've, we've got two types of fuel in the uk and that's never really bothered anyone you know we've got unleaded we've got diesel i mean really we've got lpg and we've got uh, some hydrogen and and uh, you know th- there is different forms of fuel and we've always got along with it the difference is with a with an electric car is if you put the wrong plug in it just won't fit it won't damage your, your car and you know it just won't fit if, if it fits it charges you know if, if you can do a child's puzzle with you know squares circles and triangles on them and fit them in the right hole you, you can charge an electric car.
0: That's, that sounds like good news so there's no chance of you putting the wrong uh, gas or fuel in it and then uh, not being able to move the car which is <laughs> it's got to be a bonus
1: <laughs> yeah so so there's no there's no irreparable damage but if it, it, it basically if the shape looks like it'll fit it'll fit uh, the shapes are very different that, that you'd look at them and go yeah that's not going to fit
0: <laughs> so when you're looking at cars deciding what kind of electric car might be for you do you put the whole charging thing to one side and know you can you can sort that out later is it more about uh well what what makes you decide to choose what type of electric car is it the same sort of things as a as a petrol or a diesel car
1: yeah pretty much i mean you'd start with what what range you want to do so i mean don't look at the don't don't do the typical thing that everyone does when they think of buying an electric car which is well one day i might have to do 400 miles if if you haven't driven you know 200 miles for two years. You don't need a car really that does 200 miles. So don't start looking at ones that do 300. Um, you know, look at look at what your journey is over. You know, your, your typical journey over a 12 month period, and, and and go right. My longest journey is 150 miles. Then an EV that does 200 will more than fulfill what you need, or even a car that does 150. And you might just have to stop for five, 10 minutes. And remember. If you are driving somewhere with an EV, the chances are where you're stopping is going to, you're going to be there for several hours. So if there is a charger where you're stopping, then that time does not count as charging because you'll stop there anyway. So I mean, prime example, if um, I, I late, earlier this year, I did, a, I, I did a big electric car show in Farnborough. So I drove from, from here to Farnborough on one charge and the hotel had a charger. So I plugged into the charger. Two days later, you know, I drove home on a full charge. Um, you know, I never stopped for charging. It was just charged while I was there.
0: Okay, that that sounds that sounds easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't sound like it should put you off having one. <laughs> that is for sure. And when you're when you're out and about and you've got and you do decide to ch- to stop for a charge, will there be certain charges that you can't use?
1: Yes and no. It, it, it's it's hard. So. You can go on a website called, uh, there's an app called ZapMap or an app called PlugShare and you can put in which electric car you've got and it will filter by all the charges you can use. If you have a Tesla, you will have access to more chargers because Tesla superchargers are exclusively for Tesla owners. Uh, So they they have more chargers, they have superchargers and they are only for Tesla. So normal cars can't go and charge on a Tesla supercharger. That might change in the UK in the future. Tesla are trialing other cars using superchargers in other countries in europe i'm skeptical if it will ever come to the uk because i think tesla are doing it in these european countries because they get extra grant money for opening up the charges in those countries so i don't think it'll come to the uk but it might do so pretty much you can use any charger as long as you know they've got the plug that fits your car that again there's two forms of charging well there's actually three forms of rapid charging motorway charging that you can use so um there's AC that uses the same type two plug that you use at home, but can be a bit faster um, or, or slower. To be, you know, so if you went to a supermarket, for example, Tesco, there'll be slow, uh, t- you know, charges that same as your house, but you're going to be shopping there and it's free. You're not really bothered how, you know, about it. You've then got Chadimo, which is your early, early Nissan Leafs and uh, Kia again. And then we've got CCS, which is, CCS is basically at the top of it, it looks like a Type 2 plug, so standard Type 2 plug that you get home. And, that the, and then it has two big pins at the bottom, which are your DC pins, which are the fast charging. So all, all the new electric cars, all the new rapid charging cars, they've all now got this CCS pin. So these two massive pins at the bottom that use the part that you use at home. So the plug looks the same apart from it's a little bit chunkier and fatter at the bottom, and they charge a lot quicker out motorway service stations, um, but you, you tend to see the motorway service stations and, and certain sort of dotted around key locations.
0: Okay, that's a good summary of what, what's out there. And just one last question on charging. For those people that were like you in a terraced house originally, um, with, no, with no sort of ability to have your own charge point, do you think, how quickly do you think, because there's lots of talk about how they're going to put infrastructure in in pavements and streets and stuff, how how long do you think? Uh, have you any idea of what sort of rollout? How practical that's going to be for people that don't have the ability to have those charges on site?
1: I mean, to be honest, if I still live in that terrace house now, I could buy an electric car today without worrying about charging because there's um, my local Tesco's got free chargers. So there's a bank of about six of them. They're all completely free to use, and we have a dog, so we would very naughtily park up there, walk the dog, and then do our weekly shop. And the car would be fully charged, and that'd be enough enough for a week shop, you know, a week driving a week. And, and that's a, that's in a bit. We've got a bigger EV now. Our EV does 200 mile range compared to our old one, so we could just go do a Tesco shop once a week, and that'd be fine. There's quite a lot of rapid chargers, fast chargers near me, which are a little bit more expensive to use, but again, we could get away with that. Regarding sort of street chargers, it depends on your council and where you live. So some councils are fantastic. You can give them a ring and they'll come and put either a channel in, in your pavement to link it to your house. You can put your own charger in your own cable, but you just run it under a channel in the pavement. There's some councils that will fit lamppost chargers. So a charge a charger built into the lamppost outside your house. And some councils are terrible. Uh, so it really depends on your local council. It's better. It's if you try and find out if your local council has a, Pacific department for EV charges. If they do, ask them. There is central government grants for them to put these street charges in. So you know, there is funding for, for the government to get, you know, your local council to get funding for this. So it's worth asking. It's worth seeing what local charges are about. You might be able to use local Tesco or local supermarket, and you might be able to what we call gray's charges. So there's a there's a lady I know who lives up in Dundee. Dundee it's Scotland has got loads of charges all over the place and She's not had a home charger till about last week. And she's been driving an EV for six years. And all she does is she goes shopping, charges up. She goes to work. They've got chargers at work, charges up there. You know, they've got the chargers at a dentist. They've got chargers across the road from her house. And she's never, ever worried about charging because there's so many. And if you look at Norway, who are massively ahead of us, you see cars, partner chargers that are electric. And they're not plugged in because they don't need to because always, there's always chargers.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh, it just from what you're saying, it just once you've adapted, you'll see them everywhere for starters. I imagine they'll <laughs> become straight on your radar. And you'll... <laughs> and it, then... It's like
1: when you buy a new car. It's like when you buy a car and you go, "Oh, buy this car because I, I really like it." And I don't see many of them. As soon as you own it, you see it every single day. And and it is like that with EV. You're like, "Oh, look, an EV charger, an EV charger." Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they literally just fit the the test the ones to our local Tesco recently. And me and my wife pulled in to, to do a show. It was right near Christmas. And I was like, when did they fit them? They, they, they just, you know, they're go overnight. There's loads of chargers. I mean, if any of your listeners are, you know, curious to see how many chargers are in your area, just go onto one of these, one of these apps or websites, PlugShare or ZapMap, and just type in your postcode and have a look. And I think you'll be surprised on how many there are near you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good advice. So just coming back to a point you've made a couple of times about the grants, one obviously going about to finish with uh, the, the charging and uh, the local council possibly having a grant. Are there any other grants out there that you can access for purchasing an EV?
1: For purchasing an EV, there's a small grant. Um, I think it's at the moment £3,500. It, it could go away at any time. The government could just pull it. I'd argue it's probably not needed there's there's enough people now adopting electric vehicles that I don't think a grant's needed. I think in some some form the, the grant actually hinders electric car growth um, because it's pushing up prices. It's artificially inflating a price that, you know, probably would naturally come down without the grant. I think in the very early days yes a grant's were needed because electric cars were a lot more expensive and people needed that extra help to get there, but I think now personally I think that you know, there's enough demand and there's enough incentive. There's enough stick coming for-, for 2030. There's enough stick coming that they don't really need incentives as well.
0: Well, that, that's in- that's interesting what you say about the prices pricing and not needed and perhaps coming down and further further to come down still, I imagine. What is the secondhand market like now that they've been around for a while? Is it, is, is it as good to buy a second hand as it is to buy a new apart from obviously the price?
1: At the moment, because of Covid, the electric, well the car market in general is crazy um you only have to watch the news on, on how secondhand values of any car has gone up electric cars have been inflated even more so use electric cars that i was selling three years ago i would buy back today for a grand two grand more than i sold them for to the customer even though they put say 20 30 thousand miles on and they're two three years older but that's it, that's nothing it, that's partly because of electric but also partly because demand for cars in general has gone up it's why inflation's through the roof in the uk is is demand for products as, as we've come out of covid and everyone's got all this extra spare money everyone's buying everything um the waiting list on new cars for example some manufacturers are as long as a year oh wow okay so yeah it, it, it's it's very hard if you asked me 12 months ago i'd go yeah that you know there's loads of electric cars for reasonably good prices and but at the moment everything's gone through the roof but what an electric car will lose now they're not suddenly just going to drop out the water they're not just suddenly all going to plummet things will naturally ease electric car prices are still going up all car prices are still going up eventually they'll plateau and then they'll fall like any other car does just small and natural decline you know it's not suddenly going to be it's not suddenly going to become a rush of loads of new cars on the road because manufacturers just can't build them that's why there's long waiting lists that's why there's extra used demand because no one can get new so they're buying used instead but i i think i I think i think the bigger question is can we wait any longer not to all buy electric cars next If, if you're if you're buying a new car in 2022 and it's not fully electric you really do need to ask yourself why
0: hmm that's a good argument you're in the car industry are you are you sensing that that is the, the mindset of most people they're starting to think well I've, that's where i've got to go that's where the future is it's time to when they're naturally going to swap out a car do they are they are they looking at electric as an obvious choice
1: a lot more than they used to I mean, I will always see more because I specialize in electric cars, and because of the YouTube channel, I do get a lot of customers coming to ask specifically for electric cars off me. But a lot of a lot of people who were doubters about electric, cars, so I had customers who used to like argue, you know, old customers of mine that used to argue till the blue in the face that electric cars will never take off, and one of them has just bought an electric car off me last week.
0: Okay. So. <laughs>
1: It, it, it's we are getting there there's always going to be people that you know there's always going to be the people that will be last to change but you know I'm sure there's still people who were last you know who thought the horse and cart uh, would never go away and uh, look where we are now
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just want to pick up on um, something you said a bit earlier in the conversation about the whole energy scenario. So you buy an electric car suddenly you're thinking about the, your electricity and maybe in a, from a different viewpoint because you're going to use more electricity. Is it at that point most people have already perhaps gone to a renewable energy tariff, or is it the fact that they're buying an electric car and their electricity is going to go up that they might? I just wonder, it's a bit chicken and egg. If you're if you're environmentally uh, outward looking, perhaps you're going to change your energy supplier anyway. But do you find well, what was your story? What did, what came first, the car or your <laughs> your energy supply?
1: so i've always been on renewable energy tariff because i think that's one of the small things that we can do is as any any consumer one small thing you can do to be more environmentally conscious is pick an energy company that is environmentally conscious uh green energy is typically actually cheaper anyway so most renewable energy companies are usually the cheapest so even though people didn't intentionally pick a renewable energy company they usually went for one because they went they want the cheapest price so that usually goes weirdly hand in hand. Um, but I was already with a you know renewable energy company, but when I got the EV, price conscious came a little bit more. Now I'd still want to stick with renewable, but there's there's certain energy companies that offer more incentivized tariffs. one of, one of them's got eight legs. Um, you know I'm sure you can work out which company that might be, but they they, they offer um, a tariff where you get uh, cheap electricity for a short hours four, four hours at night, which is enough. It's enough to add about 100, 140, 150 miles to your average electric vehicle. So you know it's 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 you know it's quite a substantial amount of electric mileage. So I mean, if you if you did have a big EV that needs three hundred mile range, you you'd, you'd have to charge up over two nights or in the peak tariff. So their off-peak electricity at the moment seven point five pence a kilowatt hour. So to put that into perspective, when the price cap ends. Uh, your average unit rate is, I think, going to be about 33p a kilowatt hour. So 7.5p is much, much, much cheaper. And their peak rate uh, for my area is about 30p. So right. I'll pay a lot more in the peak, but a lot less at night. So the, the idea is they, they're incentivizing you to sw- switch that load tonight. And the reason they, they ask you to switch to night is at night, we have low grid demand. So there's a lot less coal on the grid. There's a lot less gas being burnt tends to just be a little bit of nuclear but mainly especially in the winter wind and wind is you know typically pretty reliable um that you know we can predict it we know when it's coming and it, it's usually it's usually in the winter we usually get a lot more wind in the winter and at night in the past they've, they've had to turn off wind generation they've had to ask turbines to turn off because there's excess wind but there's no demand and by having electric car tariffs incentivizes you to use at night, it means no wind turbines are being turned off, no, no extra spare energy is being wasted, but you're still, you know, you're, you're off shifting that energy. So we've seen it before with Eco7, but tariffs are getting more adaptive now. We're, we're seeing a bigger change to the way people think about energy. And this isn't something where you consciously have to get up at, say, half 12 at night and plug your car in. You leave your car plugged in, you tell the car, the app, or the charger, hey, look, just charge me when it's cheap. And that's what the charger will do.
0: Oh, that's that's super cool. And the tariff that, that you were talking about then, have you got to prove you've got an electric car? Or is, is that how you tap into it? Or- uh, they
1: <laughs> yeah. ask you to prove that you've got an electric car. Yeah, yeah. so they, they do ask you, but they can pretty much tell by the usage you've got. So, yeah. you, you know, for example, our, our electric car now has a 50 kilowatt hour battery. Um, so if you think most people use you know, your average your average sort of small household, uses about nine to 12 kilowatts a day. So I can you know, I can fill that battery up with about 32 kilowatts hour, hours at night. It, you know, it's basically, like the, the four hour period, I pull about seven, seven, seven point two kilowatts uh, for every hour for over a four, four hour period. So they, they know straight away I've got an electric car. You can just see how much the, the spike usage is.
0: For sure. That is just a lot of winds in there, isn't it? Using the wind energy at night and being able to use electric vehicles. I like that whole combination of winds.
1: They, they, do, they do some other really clever tariffs. So they, they do one called Agile, which at the moment is very expensive because, because of gas. Um, so even though we all buy renewable energy, so I'm on a renewable energy tariff. So you might say to me, well, why does the price of gas affect the price of my renewable energy tariff? Well, wholesale prices mean gas prices have gone up means that wind energy you know w- wind turbines can charge more for their electricity because if you know gas has gone up to say 30 per kilowatt and you're a wind turbine you're not going to sell it for 2 per kilowatt because you're going to go well they're charging 10 20 times more than me I'm going to I'm going to mark mine up by 18 times more so wind is still cheaper but it's a lot more expensive than it was three years ago because the, the wind turbines want to make more profit, which is you know understandable, given the fact of the price at the moment. And it's still we're still you know we're still paying less, and it will. If anything, the price at the moment will increase the amount of wind turbines and solar and uh, green energy that we're going to see this year because it, there's more price benefit for them being built than ever before now.
0: Wow, that's very. It's very positive i feel like we're in the right direction of travel so nick how do you see uh, the car business being in 2050 uh, 2050 what, what is what is it going to look like by then any ideas Ooh,
1: that, you know, <laughs> I, I could probably get myself shot here with my most dealers, but i don't think i'll exist in the as a car sale i don't think car sales will exist in the same kind of form they do now in in that year i I think we're going to see more people car sharing i I think that will be a lot more popular i think there'll be a lot more car sharing schemes with you know people sharing with neighbors or cars in the street because we we don't all need everyone's got two cars how often does your car stay parked up you know most average cars are parked up for 95 percent of all their time we only drive them for 5% at the time. And there'll be people who work shift patterns and they might, you might work during the day and they might work during the night, in which case you could probably get along with sharing one car. And I know lots of people who do share cars. Um, so I think that's, I think we're going to see more of a sharing community, um, either private sharing or even more company sharing. So, you know, there might, especially maybe on a street like London, where there'll be one central car and you rent it for how many hours or days or, or whatever you want it and then park it back. So I think we'll see a lot more of that. I think we're going to see a lot more car subscriptions. I think if we really want to go into the future, we're probably going to see a lot more self-driving cars, which will enable more car sharing because, you know, you could, you could get out of your car and your car then drives off and goes to the next person all by itself. You know, it doesn't need a driver. So, I think you know, it sounds wacky and it does sound crazy, but the technology is vastly improving in self-driving cars and I do think we're going to see more of more of that happening.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably right. Um, and I think we will have to think differently about lots of different things. And it's just getting used to it's getting used to thinking differently, isn't it? Uh, and you've obviously embraced it. Uh, in addition to sort of the um, your EV work. And the environmental stuff you try to do at home. Have you got other things you'd like to embrace in terms of uh, environmental actions?
1: There's a lot of stuff I think we need to sort out. I mean, we need to sort out the amount of plastic, we, single-use plastic stuff. I mean, that that drives me mad. I mean, even trying to avoid single-use plastic the best I can, and I still can't avoid it. That I mean, for example, I've only just learned recently that... If you have a plastic bottle and it's not seafood, it's not clear, it's solid plastic, white, You, you can't be recycled. So the, um, for, I, I knew about it because Joe, Joe Lycett did a did a program on it and it was Yolt, the milkshake company, and they oh, use yes. white solid bottles and they can't be recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I never drank it anyway, but I'd avoid... I, I now put... Look, look, I actually read the labels now and actually check if stuff can be recycled. Um, and a lot of these... You know, a lot of the stuff they put on packaging, with the clear the clear film at the top, usually that's not recyclable. A lot of trays that are foods in is not recyclable because they're, again, they're coloured. So, you know, solid black or solid white trays. So, if you can avoid as much as you can, do it. I mean, someone made a good comment to me yesterday because I was, you know, I try and eat less meat now because also that's also not great for the environment. But someone was saying, said to someone about my packaging that I buy, my sausages isn't recyclable they said have you ever heard of a butcher okay
0: well fair play <laughs> it, to them <laughs>
1: yeah and i was like what would you mean by that and they went well they, they won't provide you in that packaging and it'll probably come in cling film and then uh, you know but it, it's all about trying to cut down as much much i think single-use plastics are our biggest threat at the moment from an environmental standpoint and probably look at, looking at other stuff it is it, just just the way general people sort of um think that they need multiple cars or or, or multiple use things I think I think I think we all need to be a bit more concerning about how we use stuff and consume it because at the end of the day building a car uses more carbon a lot more carbon so I mean I know I know someone who bought a car who does 10 miles a week you don't need a car just just get a taxi it's 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 a waste
0: yeah absolutely I think that's a really good place to end on being very mindful of just about Consumption in general. It has been, I can't just tell you how uh, interesting it has been to talk to you. I have gained so much knowledge myself uh, and uh, very enthusiastic about the electrical, electric car market. It's just um, definitely the way forward. So thanks, Nick. It's been great talking to you today. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. Pleasure. You're
0: welcome. Thanks to Nick for giving us the inside track on electric cars. Choosing an electric car when you're replacing your current model seems to make a lot of sense. An opportunity to be less reliant on fossil fuels. I hadn't appreciated the existence of renewable energy tariffs specifically directed at electric car owners. The infrastructure is certainly gearing up to support the electric vehicle. There appears to be no major downsides, a change in mindset perhaps when you go on a long journey, as it's probably a good idea to plan your charging stops. I highly recommend subscribing to Nick's YouTube channel called EB Nick. The link can be found in the show notes. I'd like to thank Andy Shaw for audio editing, Jeremy Jones for providing the music, and to you, of course, for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to get automatic access to each new episode. And it would be lovely if you could rate, review, and share the podcast. It really helps. Until next time, bye for now.